0: Is there a danger of not knowing your purpose? Real Life starts now.
1: Welcome to Real Life with Evangelist Ann and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers in a real God.
0: Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Lay, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Ahn Lay.
1: Later in the show, you'll hear from Mikhail James Eshelman, who is a young man who did not know his purpose. And he was led into a horrible life of addiction to heroin.
2: Mm,
0: Kind of reminds me of the saying, when you don't know what you believe, you'll believe everything. Mm. And when you don't know your purpose, you'll do anything because to be honest, you don't know what to do. And I lived that way a lot of my life. I would see someone doing something. Oh, I want to do that. And I would chase it. Oh, mm. That's not going to work for me. <laughs> oh, I want to do that. Oh, no. And I would just resort to whatever anyone else was doing. And sometimes I found that it brought me to a really bad situation and even brought me to depression.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that's interesting when you're talking about it like that because when I ask people, like, do you know your purpose? People are kind of like, not really. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, it doesn't cause this urgency. It's just like, well, yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody else does. I kind of just do what makes me feel good, you know? Right. And that's how I used to live. Just, well, if it feels good, do it. And, you know, my purpose was to live a happy life, mm-hmm. to do what works best for me and not really think about anything else. Right. But the problem with that is there is a danger to that. If you don't know clearly where you're going, you could easily end up off a cliff. Mm. I mean, just, you know, driving, if you don't really know where you're going and mm-hmm. you're just driving randomly, oh, look, there's something shiny over there. Oh, look, yeah. there's something over here. You just but,
0: waste gas. And
1: we don't do this with that, but we do this with our very lives. Mm-hmm. We don't chart out where are we are You going know, and how do we do that? Well, sometimes we have a plan and it ends up being the wrong way because we don't really know what's going on. Proverbs 19:21. it says, many are the plans in a person's heart. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. When we take a moment to realize God has a purpose for me and follow that purpose, we will have a lot more success in getting to the right destination.
0: And how does that happen? Well, I know for my life when I just kept going, 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 well, I think I'm going to do this or that. I had to actually sit down and ask the Lord, Lord, what is it you've called me to? Hmm. What do you want me to do? And what I've also found is that your calling or your purpose will follow you. So when people are asking you for advice on things, you know, ask God, is this my purpose? What are you calling me to? Hmm. And when you know that, it'll help you to go in the right direction. We're going to hear about the twists and turns in the journey of Mikhail's life after the break. Real life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless. Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Leigh, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Leigh. Hello, everyone. Joining us is Mikhail James Eshelman, and he's going to share with us how he served the devil. He was a heroin addict. He loved to rebel, burglarized, stole, was prideful, and just had a big void in his heart. And we're going to find out how that void got filled. Let's welcome to the show, Mikhail. Thanks for being with us.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here.
0: Yes. So I understand you got into drugs pretty young. What got you started with heroin?
2: It was definitely a process that sort of evolved. I grew up in, you know, a traditional Midwest family. I grew up in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Mm -hmm. and it was a great childhood. I played all types of sports. I played baseball and basketball and soccer and football. In high school, rolled around. And I began the phase of rebellion, and I started taking pills. One of my friends brought around some Vicodin, and it took me a little while before I ever gave into the idea of doing it, because it just seemed kind of like something a little extreme. But eventually, you know, I saw my friends weren't dying, I saw that they were having fun, and so I did it myself. You know, it's kind of like a weekend thing, I'd take some pills here and there, and that kind of evolved into heavier pharmaceuticals. I started taking Oxycontin and Methadone and fentanyl Pacers and mm-hmm. it always took me a while to give into doing those things but the people that I was around were doing it and it was just like one thing led to another and before I knew it my friends brought around heroin mm-hmm. and it took me a really long time to give into the idea of you know using heroin it just seemed like such an extreme thing to do wow. but it was just like the same type of process like they were all doing it and you know the pills the pharmaceuticals were so much money on the streets and then the heroin was was much cheaper so it just you know gave into the idea and ended up doing it one day and I loved it like it seemed like the answer to all my problems I was kind of a shy kid and it gave me confidence and I just like felt like I was unstoppable when I was on it wow Wow. so
0: a false sense of being powerful maybe and you know I can do anything now yeah
2: then the needle kind of got thrown into the mix and another thing that took me a while to do but you know as soon as I did it I remember saying to myself I never do it any other way because I was yielding the most. I was feeling the best. Mm.
0: And so with you getting on to this, you became addicted. Now, I'm curious, you had a good upbringing. Where was God for you in this? Did you believe there was a God? Were you spiritual at all?
2: I did. I grew up going to church and I always knew God existed, but I just ran from Him. I didn't really want moral accountability. I wanted to kind of live my own way. And then, you know, before I knew it, I was hooked on heroin. And then I can't believe I'm like here at this level that I never expected that I would be at.
0: Wow. And to continue doing this drug, you had to start stealing and robbing. And it really brought you to a place from, you know, being up high and prideful to a very low, low place. Tell me about that.
2: And so I had to support my habit, and I would pretty much lose most of my jobs to just unreliable employee. So I started breaking into cars and into people's garages to steal things to sell to support my habit and that I was stealing from cars and garages one night and I got picked up by the police and I went to jail and Ended up getting into a drug court program and spent 17 months in a halfway house. And it was good because I did get clean for a little while, but it was for the wrong reasons. So I was kind of forced into it, but it still provided me proof that I can, in fact, get clean because it seemed like this impossible hurdle beforehand. Mm. And then after I graduated from the halfway house, I went back out to heroin again. I started using. And then that's when it really got deadly for me. I was in the hospital a handful of times. I got a bacterial infection from a dirty needle Mm. and I got drug-induced pneumonia. One of my friends actually died from that. And I overdosed in my bathroom one night and I did a shot and just like fell over. And I was pretty much, you know, kind of accepting the idea that this could be it for me.
0: Oh, my gosh. How old were you at that time?
2: I was probably
1: 23 or 24. How does one keep doing that? You know, it's kind of like seeing someone get hit by a train. You don't want to get in front of that train. You know, or you don't want to do the same thing what they did. But then you see addicts continue to do so. What did you feel like as you started seeing, you know, the warning signs around you? What kept you going onto that drug again?
2: Yeah, I kind of had this like false sense of confidence that Uh, it wouldn't happen to me. right? But at the same time, I kind of accepted the idea that this would probably be my fate. And Uh I didn't really want to succumb to that idea. But at times when you're down and so deep into it, you just have this sense of just like overwhelming hopelessness where nothing, much of anything really matters. And so I almost like felt like it would be a relief just for it to be over, you
1: know? Wow. And so
2: it was kind of that bridge that I crossed where I was like, man, I most likely will die a junkie.
0: Oh my gosh. So young. And you're sitting there ready to die from this drug and just living desperately chasing the wind every day for this drug.
2: Yeah, so, you know, I was seeking pleasure from every possible means, and in the end, it was just a bursting bubble. Mm. So I realized that it was all completely meaningless, and I had this huge void in my soul, but I always had God, like, knocking on my door, like, trying to get my attention, but I would just suppress him. So I was maybe two or three days clean, and I went on a walk down the railroad tracks one day, and... I was very foggy in my brain still, and it took, you know, years before I really got a clean head. But I was alert enough to realize, like, what was going on and kind of snapped out of that state just briefly. And all of my past kind of resurfaced Mm. my Christian upbringing in Sunday school, and God was knocking on my door, and I just completely surrendered to him. I fell to my knees Mm. and buckled towards him. I acknowledged my sin for what it was and I remorsefully just repented and I called out to God and said, just like, help me, please. Like I don't want this life anymore. Please take it from me. I want to serve you. I want to follow what you want me to do. And from that moment of repentance and putting my trust in Jesus, everything changed, and I never touched heroin again.
0: Wow. That's awesome. And you've been free now for over three years from the addiction of heroin. And I know there are people listening right now, especially parents who are praying for their kids. And really what it looks like is it was when you surrendered to God. Like You always knew He was real, but I think so often people just just use him as a last resort, you know? And he ended up filling that void. And that's what people need right now. They need Jesus. We're going to take a moment to pray for those who are struggling and having a difficult time. And there are people wanting to give up. What's one word you'd say to someone who's ready to give up right now?
2: Don't give up, please. Call in the name of Jesus and truly repent of your sins and put your trust in Him and your life will be radically changed.
0: Thank you so much, Mikhail. God bless you. We're going to pray for those listening. Thank
1: you. God bless you. You know, this is such a powerful testimony because, I mean, we all know that we have these desires for sometimes the wrong things. And what do you do? You're hearing how Mikhail, this young man, gave his life to Jesus Christ and just said, God. I surrender and God began to change his desires. God began to shift his focus, change his perspective and completely change his life. I sense there's someone right now who's saying, that's me. I keep falling into the wrong desires to keep wanting the wrong things. God, I want to surrender. Jesus, we come to you. We ask Lord God, you give us the power right now for that person, that strength, to surrender. Yes. To surrender those wrong desires, those wrong wants, and the consequences thereof, Lord God. And we turn to you and we give everything to you, Lord God. And we're asking you to give us the right desires, the right heart, Mm -hmm. and the right mind. We ask for this in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. God has the power to set you free from whatever it is that's keeping you in bondage. God bless you. You're listening to Real Life.